Hello, welcome to Momming on the Go. This is Rachel. I have tried several times to record this podcast and I haven't been able to up until now, but here I am today. It has been a little over a month since I had promise. I have cried every day. There are times when I have been overwhelmed with sadness and grief. The first week after I had promise, Texas had a natural disaster and life was abnormal for everyone. The second week, I was just sad. The third week, I was sad for the little boy I wouldn't get to hold, know, and watch grow. That sadness is the sadness that lingers. In the midst of all this sadness, though, I have been loved well by countless people. I know that I am not alone in my grief. People have sent me meals and food. They have sent flowers and pictures and jewelries to help me remember my tiny boy. I don't even know all the people who have been praying for me, but I know that I am prayed for because in the midst of my sorrow, I have known peace. I have felt a little bit like Moses in Exodus 17. The Israelites were fighting the Amalekites, and as long as Moses had his arms up, the Israelites were winning. But when his arms came down, the Amalekites started winning. When Moses' arms grew tired, Aaron and Hur brought a rock for him to sit down on and held up his arms for him. In my sorrow this past month, my own arms, so to speak, have been held up by those praying for me, reaching out to me, and blessing me with gifts of love. Thank you so much. This month, God has reminded me how much he loves me through the people who know me. I have realized that having a stillborn baby is different than having a miscarriage. I have had three miscarriages, and those are terrible. I don't want to make light of that. Having a stillborn baby is also terrible. You have to labor in pain and give birth to an actual baby. And when you hold your baby in your hands, there is no life or hope for a future of growth and relationship. The life of my baby boy is gone, but that does not mean that his story is over. God has already used his life because yes, he did have a life. I felt him move, I heard his heartbeat, and I held his perfect and tiny body in my hands. I will never know all the ways Promise's life has touched people, but I know that his life has brought healing to some and is a reminder of God's promises to others. His life has shown me God's love in a different way than I have ever felt before. I have also learned more about grief this month. My cousin friend affirmed my grief. She said, ride those waves. They will ebb and flow. They will not drown you. Those words have encouraged me so much since she spoke them to me. I am comfortable crying and being sad. I am not always sad. I do laugh every day too. But when I am sad, I am okay with crying. My girls have both asked me this past month at different times why I cry all the time. I don't actually cry all the time, but a lot more than normal. I am glad that my girls are growing up knowing it is okay to be sad and knowing it is okay to cry when you are sad. The first two weeks after Promise was born, my mom was here and she let me get a lot of alone time. I am so very thankful for her. She was my substitute teacher who I didn't actually want to leave. And between her, my husband who was an amazing cook, and the meals people brought us, I didn't have to do much and could go be by myself in my bedroom when I needed to. That was part of my grief processing. 
Another part of my grief processing was talking to Paul, my sister and brother-in-law, and my parents those first two weeks. We were able to grieve together and be sad together. When you are grieving, you just want people to be sad with you. You don't want them to make you laugh or try to distract you from your tears, but to just be with you and be sad with you. I wasn't actually able to talk on the phone for the first few weeks to anyone because it was too hard. One of our friends and my parents sent us out on a date. The friends sent us to the restaurant and my parents watched our kids. Paul and I were able to actually talk about promise and process more what happened. We cried together. We also laughed together. It was such a blessing. God has also used his timing in my grief. Every week, I have friends remembering me in different ways. After one of my miscarriages, I got a lot of love the first week, and then it seemed like everyone forgot my pain, which was really hard for me. Almost every day this month, I have people reaching out to me and loving me and remembering promise with me. I have gotten gifts of love in the mail every week. Being remembered as my life continues and goes to its new normal has helped me grieve well. I was talking to my grandpa last week about grief. My grandma had Alzheimer's disease for almost two decades before she passed away five years ago. We talked about how death is not something you just get over. Your life is forever changed and you have to figure out how to keep living. As time goes on, you still feel the pain and the loss at sometimes more than others, but you figure out how to keep living. I am reminded of King David in the Bible when his first son with Bathsheba was ill. The prophet Nathan had told David that the boy would die, but for the week when the baby was sick, David fasted and prayed for healing. He knew that where there is life, there is hope. When the baby died, David got up and continued living. That does not mean he was not sad. I am sure he grieved and felt deeply, but he was able to keep on living. He knew he was going to see his son again. What a promise that is for me. When I go to heaven, I will see Jesus face to face. Oh, how wonderful. And he will unite me with my son who will be very much alive. That story of David is from 2 Samuel 12. And lastly, I have seen how God is with me in my grief. This week, actually, he showed me that in a very tangible way. My husband inspected a building near Oklahoma City on Tuesday. The kids and I went with him so we could see some special friends who live close to there who we haven't seen for several years. Our visit with them was wonderful and a blessing. We had left them and had just merged onto rush hour highway traffic when there was a noise. My husband is a very calm and non-reactive person, not given to panic, so I thought at first we had simply ridden over something. Then he started merging the few lanes over to the right lane. It didn't feel like we had a flat tire, so I was puzzled. As it turns out, the piece connecting the clutch pedal to the piston that helps you change gears, our car is a stick shift, had broken off. That means you can't change gears. That means you can't go faster or slower than you are going, and you also can't stop while your car is on if you want to keep your transmission working well. My husband, in his calm, cool manner, took the exit and guided our car into the gas station parking lot that was right there, while God kept all the cars away from us. He turned off the car and we came to a stop in a parking place. Perfect parking job. 
My husband then proceeded to figure out how to fix what was wrong without his toolbox or car parts. There was a Ford dealership across the highway, and while they weren't entirely helpful as the part that broke was non-serviceable, which means you can't buy just that part that broke as it requires a more extensive fix, they did give Paul some wires to try to connect it. This whole process took about 90 minutes, and finally Paul got it wired together. I asked him if we kept going if it would happen again, and he said yes and no. What? He said, it might happen again, but I figured out how to drive it if it does. So we all went to the bathroom, filled our car up with gas, and got some gas station hot dogs and got in the car. We asked God to keep us safe and to get us home. During the time Paul spent wiring the clutch pedal to the, okay, I'm not a car mechanic. We drive old cars, and as my husband says, when you have old cars, you can just expect to be fixing them. So I have learned a lot about cars based on the problems Paul has fixed, but I don't exactly remember what he wired the pedal to. All that to say, rush hour traffic had died, and the highway construction sites were no longer being actively constructed. We drove all the way to Dallas without stopping or needing to slow down. We exited the freeway, which is when I started to pray continuously. We made it through the first light, no problem. I think it was after the fourth light that we heard the noise again. The next light was red, and no clutch pedal means no stopping, so Paul did a loop-de-loop into a nursing home parking lot. I thought he was going to stop, but by the time we got to the next entrance of the parking lot, the light was green and the way was clear, so Paul got back onto the road. And thus began the, I know how to drive it if it goes out. If we stopped, we wouldn't be able to start going again, so I clutched the hold on the passenger door and prayed nonstop. Please, God, turn the light green. Okay, thank you, God. Please, God, keep the light green. Please move that car. And six minutes later, we pulled into our driveway. God brought us safely home, 202 miles from the breakdown. God was with us, surrounding our car and protecting us, making a way for us. The next day, I realized and knew how much he protected us from and how in that crisis he was carrying us the whole time. God being with us does not mean that we will not have trouble. We live in a broken world where trouble abounds, but he is with us, holding us, helping us through our trouble and grief. There is no other place I would rather be than with him as I go through my grief. So I will continue to ride the waves of my grief, because though they ebb and flow and tumble me about, they will not drown me. God is my security, and he is holding me safely as I ride those waves. Psalm 121 in the ESV I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thank you for listening to Momming on the Go. And for those of you who want to know, 
My husband has ordered the master cylinder needed to make our car safely drivable again. I am so proud of him for figuring out how to drive a stick shift car without a clutch, but I am not going to practice or perfect that art for myself.